Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you. Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Today's episode is entitled Rebuilding After Loss. I know a little bit about this. I've been on the journey here for a long time. I've had quite a few setbacks in my life. My younger brother, Kevin Buffini, used to call me Chumba Wumba. Chumba Wumba was a band when we were growing up in Ireland, and they had this famous, it was kind of a drinking song, actually, but it was a great tune, and it would go, uh, I get knocked down, but I get up again, because you're never going to keep me down. And uh, that's what he called me. And, you know, I've had a few of those when I first came to the States as a 19-year-old, got in a serious motorcycle accident, and in and out of hospital over the course of the next two years, over a quarter million dollars in bills and expenses uh, sitting out there. And that was my start. And coming back from that, building a business and then becoming successful in real estate. And I'll talk about it today. I, I invested in a business that was a, a, little, a little venture called Misty Mate that ended up costing me everything I had at one stage. And then I got right back into building my business up again. And then, you know, had a house fire and lost everything we owned in a house fire. And then I've had a building fire where our headquarters was. I've been through a lot of different things, a lot of setbacks. Uh, The major recession of 2008, where, you know, we were at the center of the storm as the largest real estate coaching and training company in the world. And we were exposed enormously there and had to come back from that. And so, Time and time again, time and time again. And some of you have experienced this along your journey. Some of you are experiencing it right now. Some people had it with the recent COVID-19 problems and the recession that came with that or other things that have gone on for you as a lot of people lost their jobs or restaurants that shut down. And so people have dealt with loss. But these principles will be timeless. They'll help you become Chumbawamba. You get knocked down, but you get up again. And you find out that the knocking down is actually more, far more powerful than the building up. And we're going to talk about that here today. So rebuilding after loss, I got three major points for you, as I normally do. The first one is I, I did it before, and I can do it again. The ultimate affirmation. When you're in the midst of loss, I did it before, and I can do it again. Maybe you've gone through a tough divorce, and your financial picture has been taken apart. Maybe you've gone through a health crisis. I did it before. I can do it again. Then we're going to talk about the power of reserves. You know, the reserves are a very potent force in the United States. There's over 2 million reserves in the United States, which is people who've served in the military, left the military, gone on into civilian life, but they're reserves. They're there. They're ready to be called up. Well, I'm going to show you how you can have the reserves, just like the U.S. military has reserves for your future. And then we're going to talk about investing in your future, which is ultimately the whole focus of rebuilding after loss. We want to Always give you the mindset, the motivation, and then the methodologies of success. So we want you to have methodologies to invest in your future. But let's first talk about mindset. The phrase, I did it before, I can do it again. It's actually an affirmation. It's something to say to yourself daily. In the midst of loss, during loss, when you feel a sense of grieving of what's been gone or where you were at. I did it before, I can do it again. Maybe you worked hard and 
really worked on your diet and worked on your exercise, then you had a, a health setback or an injury, and, and next thing you, know, you put on weight, and oh my gosh, and it's never enough. And hey, I did it before, I can do it again. You've had a financial situation, a relational situation. I did it before, I can do it again. And so there's three parts to the mindset of I did it before, I can do it again. The first is what's called homeostasis. Homeostasis, is that's the tendency towards a, a relative stable equilibrium between independent elements, especially as maintained by psychological processes. Basically, let me put a little English on that for you. It's what you're used to. It's what you call normal. It's what makes things, the routines you have or where you live or how you live. It's homeostasis. And that's why it's so hard to change. Homeostasis is a strong, strong boomerang-like reaction to go back to the way things were, to what you know even if what you know is bad. A great example of this from my all-time favorite movie, The Shawshank Redemption, and a man named Brooks Hadlin, who's 50 years incarcerated, and he's finally given his freedom, given his freedom, live his life out in peace outside of the hellish environment of jail. But his homeostasis is the controlled environment of the jail. The homeostasis is the routine that comes with the jail. And because he can't bring himself to commit a crime to go back to jail, he ends up taking his own life. You know, there, there's all kinds of examples of people who are freed from jail who immediately commit another crime so they can go back into jail. Well, guess what? You can have a jail of debt. I can't tell you the number of times people said to me, my goal is to get debt free. And they got debt free. But their true homeostasis was being in debt. So bit by bit, they found a way to get back there. Homeostasis can affect every single area of your life. And you have to understand we're all like homing pigeons. We want to go back to that. And sometimes it's the homeostasis of the home life you grew up in. It's the way that's what you consider normal. That's one of the reasons why marriage is so difficult. You grew up in a certain homeostasis in a home, and you marry someone who grew up in a different homeostasis. And so, guess what happens? They're trying to get back to what they know. You're trying to get back to what you know. That's why it's always so crucial. I think for my bride and I, have been married 30 years. We constantly remind ourselves that we established a new home, a new way, a new directive, a new family, and that we were discovering together. We certainly bring elements of our culture. Yeah, if you go into my home, you'll see Irish tea. Yeah, during the summertime, my bride likes to bring watermelon into the home. That's what she grew up with. There's elements of things that we do. There's music. There's things we come from the past that you come with you. There's things that you have as habits and things that you have that are blessings. And there's things you have from my parents. There's things that she has from her parents. But we've had to create the new normal. Homeostasis affects every part of our life. And so one of the dynamics and one of the good things is after loss, someone wants to get back to what they had before. So that's good. I did it before. I can do it again. But I'll ultimately tell you the key is you did it before, you can do it again, only better. That way you're not facing loss again in the future. Viktor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, said, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. You know, we're not in control of that much. I'm not in control of world affairs or politics or viruses or recessions, but there are things I am in control of, and the challenge to change myself is one of those things. The second thing about I did it before, I can do it again, is what can you learn from loss? What can you learn from loss? And I've shared this before. I've owned 47 businesses in my career. I've had 46 businesses 
in one capacity or another that I've made money. And I had one loss. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth, and I've said this before. This one loss taught me more than all 46 other businesses combined. Now, do you have to experience loss to learn? No, it just turns out that failure is the greatest teacher of all. My mentor, the the late, great Gene Kuhlman, I went to him. I was feeling sorry for myself. There were some people who said some things and acted against what they said. I lost $2.9 million. This is 30 years ago. And I went to him and I said this and I said that and I blamed this person, I blamed that person and I blamed this circumstance and all that kind of good stuff. And Gene looked me in the eye and he said, Brian, you just paid $2.9 million to go to a seminar. What are you going to do with the information? Now, this is the man who introduced me to personal growth. He brought me to my very first success seminar in 1986 where I heard from Lou Holtz, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Tommy Hopkins. What a great first seminar that was. And Gene said, you've just been to a seminar. No different. Only this one cost you a bit more. What are you going to learn? Nelson Mandela said it this way. He said, I never lose. I either win or learn. Steve Jobs said, I'm the only person I know that's lost a quarter of a billion dollars in one year. It's very character building. (laughs) No doubt. Arthur Schnappenhauer said, mostly it is loss which teaches us about the worth of things. Very, very powerful. T.T. Munger was a theologian. He said, the lessons we learn in sadness and from loss are those that abide. Sorrow clarifies the mind, steadies it, and forces it to weigh things correctly. The soil moist with tears best feeds the seeds of truth. Wow, that's pretty deep there for this morning, but I will share with you. You can learn from loss. You can blame other people, blame this person, blame that person. But at the end of the day, blaming and shaming is going to do nothing. Blaming others and shaming yourself is going to do nothing for you, but you can learn from loss. So first is the homeostasis, which makes us want to go back to where things were and and can ultimately give us that sense of loss and make it linger. Secondly, we can learn from the loss. And then third, the key is to reset and recharge. Oprah Winfrey said this, if you neglect to recharge a battery, it dies. And if you run full speed ahead without stopping for water, you'll lose momentum to finish the race. And I've, I've done both of these, okay? I've constantly neglect to recharge the batteries. I have so many responsibilities. I have a tendency to run full speed ahead, but you can't run full speed ahead and do the marathon. And so that's the lesson I have had to constantly learn. Reset, recharge, reset, recharge. Johann Wolfgang van Gogh said, we must always change, renew, rejuvenate ourselves. Otherwise, we harden. And that's what I'm going to tell you the biggest lesson is about loss. It either makes you better or it makes you bitter. Recognize that homeostasis is what creates the big sense of loss and you want to get back to what you had before. And the goal, I would just say, is build a better home. The second thing is, what can you learn from the loss? I mean, really really be a student. What was your tendency? What was your habits? If you're in that situation again, what would you do differently? How would you go about it? And then lastly, reset and recharge. It's important. Reset. Give yourself time to be human. Loss is is an emotional thing. It's a painful thing, not just a physical thing. So you need to reset and recharge so that you can go do it again. I did it before. Once you reset and recharge, now you can go do it again. The second major point for you today is the power of reserves. And I talked to you about this. You know, here's these millions and millions of people that are in the U.S. military reserves that can be called up at a moment's notice. 
Some of them are doctors and dentists and accountants, and they work in private life and public life. They have businesses. They run restaurants. But they have this military training, and they can be called up in time of crisis, in time of challenge, in time of difficulty. The National Guard, here we go. We have reserves. Well, how would you like to have a National Guard that you could call up for yourself to give you that power of reserve? Well, you have three types of power. You have a number of reserves available to you. So the first is an emotional reserve. The second is a financial reserve. And the third is we're going to talk about the foundation. Because if you're going you're gonna to build, you need to build upon a foundation. So we have emotional reserves, financial reserves, and then a f- strong foundation. So let's talk about emotional power. You know that, that peace of mind, the peace that surpasses all understanding? That's a very powerful reserve. When you're feeling stress and anxiety, when you're feeling the emotion of loss, you need to have the emotional power to go do it again, to go back up the hill one more time, to try again, to not give up. And so I've shared this with you in the past from Ogmandino's The Greatest Salesman in the World, The Ten Ancient Scrolls for Success. If you go to thebrianbuffinishow.com and go to where it says Insiders, then you can access the Ten Ancient Scrolls for Success. And I'm going to read them to you right now because this is what I do every day. Every day. This is on the mirror in my bathroom. And I say them out loud. I might say it when I'm brushing my teeth or shaving my face. I say, today I begin a new life. Next, I will greet this day with love in my heart. I will persist until I succeed. I am nature's greatest miracle. I will live this day as if it was my last. Today, I will be the master of my emotions. I will laugh at the world. Today, I will multiply my value a hundredfold. I will act now, and I will pray for guidance. I find that that little affirmation of saying those 10 principles kind of settles me down, kind of reminds me of who I am and what I'm all about. It gives me a sense of peace of mind, and it's like having some reserves, in this case, emotional reserves, that I can call up and help me on duty. Ayn Rand said, worry is a waste of an emotional reserve. The Caesar, Marcus Aurelius, said, you have the power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this, and you will find strength. If you look up the quotes of Marcus Aurelius, you'll find he had a lot of wisdom. Think about this. This could have been said yesterday. You have the power over your mind, not outside events. Wow. How many outside events are hammering on our door right now? How many outside events are hammering on our emotional power, our emotional reserves right now? Realize this, and you will find strength. Next, we want to talk about financial power. Financial power. So I want to talk to you about financial power. In this case, it's financial reserves. You need to have financial reserves. Now, maybe you've just gone through a crisis where your reserves got wiped out. Maybe you had a spouse laid off, or you, you lost your job yourself. Maybe your career was put on hold for three or four months with COVID-19, or a, a recent crisis, or a divorce, or you got that devastating news, you have cancer whatever it is. Well, financial reserves are the key. Now, I'm going to walk you through this, and I'm going to tell you where I came from to where I'm at. So let me give you an example. When the stay-at-home orders were issued by the state of California, I have 230 employees, millions and millions of dollars in payroll every month. A week before the governor said, you have to go home, I was able to tell our staff, go home. We're set up. We've invested. Work from home. And by the way, have no worries. You're not going to lose your job. 
We're not laying you off. Just go to work. We got work to do. Let's get her done. And bring that same strength and stability that I'm giving you and having no insecurity about your paycheck. Now, be of service to our customers. Be of service to our members. Be of service to the, all the people we serve and bring that peace of mind that you have and that stability you have to bear. So how do you get to say to a couple hundred people, you're not going to lose your job. You're good. We got you. Is because we had tons of reserves built up. Gee, Brian, sounds like a rich guy bragging on how much money he has. Well, that could certainly be the accusation. But what if I told you that that's a guy who, as a business leader, went to a giant recession in 2008 with not nearly enough reserves, who had to go through the pain of laying people off? Buffini Company had almost 400 employees going into the recession of 2008. Well, the recession for us started in 2007, and we didn't declare it over in our industry till 2013. So it was almost six years. Well, we did not have the reserves to handle six years. So we went from 400 employees down to 112. It was painful. It was brutal. Loyal, faithful, hardworking staff members that we have to look in the eye and let go. In fact, to make it kind of memorable for myself that I would learn from this, here's what I did. I did the first level of cuts and layoffs at Buffini Company on my birthday. It was on my birthday, June 22nd, 2007, and we laid off 47 people. And the reason being is I never wanted to forget it. I never wanted to forget it. And I knew one day I would look back on this and say, what can I do and how can I learn? It was painful. And I thought that for those 47 people was going to be the end of it. Little did I know it was the beginning of it. What's wild is actually some of the same people we let go a year later or two years later, sometimes three years later, we were able to rehire a number of those folks. Some we never did. Painful, brutal. The pain of that, the lesson of that, put me on a journey that all of a sudden, from that 2007 date, that it was 13 years later, when the rest of the world was laying off 41 million people here in the United States, I was able to get on a Zoom call with 230 folks and say, you're good. We got you. We got your back. It was a very painful time, but I learned from it. I learned from it. And so maybe you're experiencing a painful time now, but maybe you can learn from it. You know, peaks and valleys are constant. There is no, once I get here, I'm good. I'll never have to worry again. By the way, you know, there'll be another big bang in six or seven years. It just always works out that way. And so now you can not only have the emotional reserves, but you can also have the financial reserves. What do I recommend? Work your hardest to get one month of your personal expenses, your home expenses in an account set aside. How do you start? You start with a thousand bucks, a basic little emergency fund of a thousand dollars. You try to get to a thousand bucks. Then after that, you work, work, work to get to one month's reserves. I typically see people when they do this, it takes a year to get the first month in reserves. Then within two years, because people have gotten into the habit, they get to three months reserves. That's a very, very solid position. Puts you in the top 10% of people in the country. If you're in small business, I recommend your first level is one month home. One month of home expenses in reserve. You say, why shouldn't I have business expenses in reserves? Because your home affects that emotional peace of mind, your emotional reserves, especially if you're sharing your life with somebody. Okay, I have money in the bank for the business, but I don't have money for us. Let me tell you, that will take the toll. So first things up, you get the reserves for your home. Then you get the reserves for your business and your home built together. So the next level is three months for your home and one month for your business. That's really, really solid. Now, I'll be honest with you, Buffco 
wouldn't have uh, gone into this latest recession with those kind of reserves. I certainly had more than three months reserves for my home and my family. And I certainly had more than one month's reserves for Buffco. But I'm also at this 25 years. And so I've been learning and learning and learning and growing. So that's the dynamic. So George Clayson, who wrote the famous book, The Richest Man in Babylon, said the first copper you save is the seed for which your tree of wealth shall grow. So that's out of those savings is where you make the investment. He also said in that same book, I found the road to wealth when I decided that a part of all I earned was mine to keep. Ben Franklin was America's first millionaire. He said a penny saved is a penny earned. Very, very powerful. The foundation of reserves is ultimately, we talk about you go from survival to stability to success to significance. You know, in the book of Matthew, there's one of the greatest financial uh, lessons ever taught. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that door. And it fell, and great was the fall of it. Here's the thing. Is your financial house built on sand, or is it built on rock? Is it built on debt, or is it built on reserves? Very, very powerful. The power of reserves. We have emotional reserves, financial reserves, and ultimately we must have a foundation to build upon it. Lastly, I'm going to talk about investing. Investing for the future. Now, this is very challenging for a lot of people right now as we're in a cultural shift in our country and many things that people took to be a certain way. The homeostasis of our culture is actually changing. So how can I invest in the future if I don't have confidence? Well, I'm going to walk you through some principles. The principles are you need to invest for the long term. And this too shall pass and everything's going to be just okay. Things are going to evolve and change, but at the end of the day, it will develop and grow and become a new homeostasis again. You have to invest with confidence. And then you have to do the old Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. So let's talk about investing for the long term. First of all, it's a mindset. You invest in the long term. Because when you invest in the long term, you're not gambling. You know, day trading. There's an interesting guy. His name is Dave Portnoy. And Dave has a podcast and a program called Barstool Sports. And so he has kind of a, a series of programs. I think he may have sold them to Spotify. But basically, a series of programs all about sports. And he's really into sports betting. And so he has a huge following. He's a very interesting guy. He's got some very interesting takes on things. He thinks differently. Well, when COVID-19 hit, there were no more sports. And there were no more sports to bet on. So he basically switched his show talking about day trading, interesting stuff. And he was betting on this stock and that stock, and the stocks were going up and down. There was volatility. And he helped a lot of people. There was people who made a lot of money buying stocks with him and this and that and the other. And I saw a recent interview with him, and he said, hey, there's no difference between buying stocks and betting on sports. It's, it's actually identical. And you know what? He's absolutely right. And there's a whole bunch of people now who day trade, who are in and out and up and down the market. But they're not investors. They're not investors. They're gamblers. They're gamblers. And it's fun to gamble. It's fun 
You know, when I go home to Ireland, I always go to the racetrack. I even go to the dog track with my mother. And uh, they like to put a pound on a horse, put a pound on a dog. They love it. And that's what they do. But I wouldn't bet my future on it. Real estate, stocks, bonds, any type of investment, you must think long term. And here's the power of this. You have to be willing to buy in times that are unsettled and distracted. And then you have to be patient when things start getting hot and you don't just jump off the train. Real estate, stocks, bonds, they all do well over time. They all do poorly when people try to time the market. When you try to be the smartest person out there, you know, you have to think long term. Warren Buffett would say, only buy something you'd be perfectly happy to hold if the entire market shut down for 10 years. Boy, we had the market shut down for a couple of days. There was panic in the streets. The greatest investor of all time says he thinks in terms of I'm going to hold it for 10 years. He said he doesn't even assess an investment until it's been with him for five years. Okay. Seth Klarman, who's another great investor, said the single greatest edge an investor can have is a long-term orientation. Jesse Livermore said it was never my thinking that made the big money for me. It was always my sitting. Let me tell you, patience is the key. So you got to invest for the long term. The next piece about investing for your future is you got to invest with confidence. So how can I have confidence? You know, faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. You must exercise faith. If you're going to invest, you believe that the future is going to be better than the past. You have to invest. You have to invest. You know, Warren Buffett, when he talks about the market, he talks about in the 1970s and 80s, he said, well, I realized when women started entering the workplace, he goes, oh my gosh, 50% of our workforce has not been at work. What's going to happen to gross domestic product in the United States? He looked at it. He invested. On a recent conference call, he said, sometime after I'm gone, Many years from now, when the market's at 100,000 points, no one will believe it. But yet, all it is is the steady compounding effect and the understanding of how productivity and compounding grows. You got to have faith. The number of times that I've had a real estate conversation with some old timer who goes, man, I could have bought that house for $28,000, but I didn't. Oh, I could have bought that property there that became that subdivision. I could have bought that for $40,000 back in the 70s, but I didn't. You always hear the people who talk about the lament because they didn't invest in the future. They didn't invest with confidence. They were nervous. They were scared. They withheld. And they thought, mm, I don't know if the future is going to be better. Uh, one of my favorite movies is of the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team called Miracle, Miracle on Ice. And in that, there's a speech given by Jimmy Carter, and they replay this speech. And it's just coming at the end of 1979, and it's an address that Carter gave on the radio. And I'd encourage you to listen to it, because he said, for the first time in our country's history, 50% of Americans believe our future will not be as good as our past. He talks about it's a crisis of confidence we have, and he's trying to challenge the American people. There was inflation. There was the Iranian hostile crisis. The Summer Olympics had been canceled. There was all this bad thing after another, after another, after another going on. Uh, he just came to the, the realization that people had no confidence in the future. Can you imagine 
if you'd have bought real estate in 1980? Could you imagine if you bought stocks in 1980? Could you imagine the investments you could have made in 1980? Just imagine this. Imagine 20 years from now, people go, man, could you imagine the investments you could have made in 2020? Can you imagine? You got to invest. You got to invest for the future. You got to invest for the long term. You got to invest with confidence. Buffett said, never invest a business you can't understand. So make sure you know what you're investing in. Vince Lombardi said, confidence is contagious. So is a lack of confidence. Invest in what you know. Ben Franklin said, the best investment you can make is an investment in yourself. So let me ask you this. If you're investing in your future, are you investing in training for yourself? Are you investing in self-development? Are you investing in a coach? Are you? Maybe you don't believe in yourself. Maybe you don't believe in your own confidence and your own long-term future. I'll say this. The single greatest investments I've ever made in my life were into myself. No stock, no bond, no business has ever produced bigger results than myself. Than myself. And so I've seen it time after time after time again. Investing in myself. The value of an hour. I, I remember when I first came on the speaking circuit that I couldn't get people to pay me 500 bucks for a speaking engagement. And then years later, people would pay me $100,000 for an hour. What happened? What happened? Did they lose their mind? Or the investment in myself, did it pay off? Let me ask you the question. Do you have a coach? Do you have a trainer for your physical well-being? Do you invest in training? Do you invest in self-development? Do you invest? Do you invest the time to listen to the podcast? Do you invest the time to take the action steps with the podcast? Do you take the time to download the ancient scrolls of success and invest in yourself by saying them every day? Very, very powerful. And then lastly, we're going to finish up with the late Kenny Rogers, who said you got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. You got to know when to walk away and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Sometimes when you analyze your investments, You've been in it for the long haul. You did it for the right reasons. You got to assess and you got to ask yourself the question, is this something I would still invest in today? Has the market changed? Has the business changed? Has the way people do business changed? And you got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. And you got to reassess your investments. And I would say it's on an annual basis, not on a daily basis. And so you keep reassessing. Is this what I want? Is this what I'm after? Is this where I want to go? So we've talked today about rebuilding after loss. We've talked about the mindset of you did it before, you can do it again. We talked about the power of reserves and having the emotional financial reserves, like having your own army of reserves. And then we talked about investing in your future. Here's what I think about you. You take time out of your life and out of your day to download a podcast. You listen to this when you're in your car or you're going for a walk or you're working out. You're the kind of person that's destined for success. The reason you're listening to this as opposed to some music right now or listening to reruns of The Office or watching the news is because you actually want something more. The only reason you'd ever listen to this show is you want more out of life. You want more for yourself and your family. You want to contribute more. You want to be more successful. Maybe you want to give back more. You want to serve more. But that's what you're after. So why don't you do that? No matter what you've lost, you can rebound. And I'll give you the final words. At one of my lowest points in my whole life, I had a good friend by the name of Tom Kelly. Tom Kelly is about 30 years older than me. 
He was an old Navy warrant officer. And just a 24-year vet, lived in ships and harbors all over the world, a lifelong bachelor. And we became friends and golfing buddies. And Tom wasn't the most emotional guy. We talked about golf and we talked about sports and we were good buddies. Well, at a low point after one of my losses, Tom came by to see my family. And uh, we were having a chat and drinking a cold one out in the backyard. And before he left, he just stood up and he said, well... Remember this, Brian. It's not how hard you fall, it's how high you bounce. And from a guy who didn't have a motivational bone in his body, don't know if he ever wrote it, read a personal growth book in his life, it was the right words at the right time to someone who really needed it right then. I have been down a lot, and I have bounced back a lot. You can rebuild after a loss. You did it before, you can do it again. I've done it, you can too. Maybe this message isn't for you for this specific day, but maybe it's for someone you know. Maybe you know someone who's going through a tough time. Maybe you could share this podcast with them. That's all we ever ask you to do with this podcast. Refer it to your friends. Share it with your clients. Share it with people who might see some benefit in it so we can continue to get the message out there to bring good words and good information and a word of hope and encouragement to folks who are looking for that. So thanks for joining me today. And let me leave you with this. May the roads rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. We'll see you next time.